In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Join me, Dr. Karen Kambule, as we pursue the Word, the Lord Jesus, searching scriptures to find solutions to life's issues. Welcome to Word Anchor Podcast. Download and share with your friends and your family. Stay blessed. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Word Anchor Podcast. We're still learning lessons from the book of Daniel. We are learning about the sovereignty of God. We are learning about the power of God, that God is in control even when the situation doesn't look like he is. This episode is titled, He Disciplines and Judges Kings, Lessons from the Book of Daniel. The reality of kings is that they hold power, whether it is vested or it is acquired. Some kings are given a kingdom by virtue of their lineage, and some are born into royalty and stand in line until their time comes to ascend the throne. They are given geographical regions as their area of influence and ownership. Some kings ascend the throne by force, subduing nations and taking control of their land and people. They leave behind a trail of blood and destruction as they attack their target and take control. Once subdued, the people become his subjects. Such a king can impose whatever on them and they will obey. It is at that point that a person would choose to live at all costs instead of dying. Pride and arrogance has been the downfall of many kings. They tend to think that they are the superpower. When the deities are involved, the reigning kings will think that their god is superior than all other gods. So they will take the people that they have taken captive as having gods that are not superior or that has gods that have no power. This has been the strategy of the devil right from the beginning. He always tries to make himself, his ideas, as more superior than that of God. He led Eve to believe his lies and look at where it landed all of us. In this world, there are people that are good and some are evil. Some of the things inflicted on other human beings by fellow human beings are horrible. It is when a person thinks that they are superior than you that they afflict the most pain. And when the pain hits, they conclude that you are weak and have nothing to defeat them with. I have experienced an evil person in my life without impunity. One that afflicted with a smile. One that acted like a superpower. The only thing they did not know was that I had God in my camp. Some people have political power. Some have power to influence. Some have power from dark forces. Some have physical power over their victims. Whatever the source of power, there is only one superior power and that is God. There are times when the enemy has done so much damage that all you can do as a believer is to petition God to judge them. Our God is never late in his judgment. Israel was in Babylon serving the kings there, starting with Nebuchadnezzar. God displayed his power through his servants. He delivered Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah from the burning furnace. He judged Nebuchadnezzar when his pride got the better of him, and he went and ate grass like an animal for seven years until he acknowledged that the God of heaven is the only true God. This event happened about 30 years since the Jews went into captivity, and it would take another 36 years to come to the events that are recorded in Daniel chapter 5. Now another king took the throne, Belshazzar, the son of Nabodinus. 
He took over a kingdom whose workforce was slaves, whose people were subdued for decades already. They were a non-factor before his eyes, and so was their God. And that was the mistake that Nebuchadnezzar had made. The Babylonian Empire was vast. Many kingdoms had been subdued. The pride of Nebuchadnezzar was also on Belshazzar. The punishment of Nebuchadnezzar was 36 years prior to this event, and it was now a tale told around a fire. Hebrews were still captives. Slavery was normal for them. This one took a step further and defiled that which belonged to God. You'd remember that Nebuchadnezzar had taken things and people from Jerusalem. Now this one decided that he would use that which belonged to God and defile it. Later we shall read that Belshazzar hosted this banquet on the night the city of Babylon fell. Belshazzar's confidence in the security of his capital is evident in his banqueting and getting drunk whilst his enemy was at his door. In Daniel chapter 5 verse 1 to 4 it says, Belshazzar the king made a great feast for a thousand of his lords and drank wine in the presence of the thousand. While he tasted the wine, Belshazzar gave the command to bring the gold and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple which had been in Jerusalem, that the king and his lords, his wives and his concubines might drink from them. Then he brought the gold vessels that had been taken from the temple of the house of God, which had been in Jerusalem, and the king and his lords and his wives and his concubines drank from them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and silver, bronze and iron, wood and stone. Now, evidently, the vessels taken from Jerusalem temple had been stored as trophies of war and not used previously. Their presence in the warehouses of Babylon was sufficient humiliation for Yahweh, who in the minds of the Babylonians could not prevent their theft. However, using these vessels in praise of Babylon's gods was even more sacrilegious than just possessing them. This was plainly an act of open defiance, calculating to insult the God whose temple had stood in Jerusalem. He profaned these vessels. For him, he thought that his gods were more powerful or more important than the God of Israel. Have you met your enemy and they gloated over you, child of God? I mean, with a smile that says, I have messed you up. When you look at such a person, you think, this person has really hurt me. But that person is actually so joyful in their evil acts. Have you been to that state where you look at what somebody else has done to mess up your life? And you see that they're actually having it all and they are looking happy at your expense. This king thought nothing of the items taken from the temple of your holy God. In his drunken state, he took the gold vessels and drank wine from them. These were items that were sanctified for God. These were items that were made with the specifications from God. They were not ordinary classes. Perhaps he thought that since the people of this God were defeated in Jerusalem and the items were taken from the temple and nothing happened to those that took them, then there was not much power from the God of that temple. Perhaps that was his thought. He exalted himself more highly than he ought to have done. Just like those soldiers that spat on Jesus when he was arrested and tried. They even dared to slap him and said he must tell them who did that. Imagine the humiliation of our Lord who came to buy us back, to pay the price for our lives, to give us eternal life. This one's 
they felt that they had to humiliate him over and above hurting him and killing him. Such is the wickedness of the wicked that they do not even realize when they are standing against God. Oh, but the Bible says, Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Some mountains can stand with so much pride before you, not knowing that there is God that can bring them down with just a word. Mountains have to know their maker, child of God. He is able to make them plain with just a word. He is the same God that brought down the walls of Jericho. It is said that those walls could accommodate so many chariots in their width and they fell down with just a shout. Who are you, men, to defile the worship items of God? Who are you to defile the temple of God today? Those attacking you and mocking you do not realize that you are the temple of God. They do not know that they are attacking the dwelling place of God. What was a vessel from the temple compared to the temple itself? The Bible says we are the temple of God. So whomever that is giving you trouble is actually attacking the temple of God in whom God dwells today. Your boss or your colleagues look at you as just another employee and they don't realize that they are mistreating the temple of the living God. Your neighbor treats you so badly Yet in you is the spirit of God. Even evil spirits that attack you, inflicting the worst pain you've ever experienced. They are doing that to the one in whom God dwells. Now if you can stand on that point that says I belong to God, you'll see him fighting on your behalf. You'll see him judging even the kings. Let's see how God responded to the wicked king. In Daniel chapter 5 verse 5 to 6 it says, in the same hour, the fingers of a man's hand appeared and wrote opposite the lampstand on the plaster of the walls of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Then the king's countenance changed and his thoughts troubled him so that the joints in his hips were loosened and his knees knocked against each other. You see, God could have just sent Daniel with a message to the king, but that would have been too easy. It had to be a supernatural occurrence in the midst of everyone, a handwriting on the wall. They were so drunk, they probably thought they were hallucinating. Yet it was God right there, bringing judgment immediately. He didn't wait for them to sober up. He didn't wait for them to think again of what they had done. Your enemies do not know the supernatural power of God. The boastful king was now scared. His knees knocked against each other. He probably became sober immediately. It would be scary to see somebody writing and you cannot see the person. You just see a hand. Such a wonderful sight to see. The proud king realizing the power of God. No one knew what the writing on the wall was. No one saw beyond the hand that was writing. The king was in distress trying to figure out what was written on the wall. His magicians, astrologers and wise men could not tell him the meaning of the words. But however... The king was told, there is a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the Holy God. And in the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, the king, made him chief of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers, inasmuch as an excellent spirit, knowledge, understanding, interpreting dreams, solving riddles, and explaining enigmas were found in this Daniel 
whom the king named Belteshazzar. Now let Daniel be called and he will give the interpretation. Now Daniel was distinguished amongst the people in Babylon. He was known as somebody that had understanding and wisdom. That was found in him. The people that the king surrounded himself with could not help him. But he had to find someone that served the God whom he had defiled. The king was referred to the man who served the God whose vessels he was dishonoring to interpret the writing he saw. You might just be called child of God to bring a solution to the very people that have mistreated you, brought you shame. It is never about you but God. The person that hurt you might not even be sorry for that, but they may need you. And it may also be not about them, but about God. It must have been a pain to see the vessels that Daniel knew as sanctified for use only in the service of God, being used by a foreign king in a demeaning way. The judgment of God is never late. He might seem to tarry, but he is always on time. I've heard one person living a filthy life saying that people must not judge him, only God can judge. Oh, but do you realize that the judgment of God is severe and final? Who are you, man, to think that you can stand before God? Who are you to think that you deserve to be judged by God? The time of reckoning had come for this king. God had it written on the wall. Now, before Daniel could tell him the meaning of the writing, he took time to remind him about the lessons that he missed to learn from Nebuchadnezzar. How when his heart was lifted up and his spirit was hardened in pride, he was deposed from his kingly throne and they took his glory from him. You see, pride came before the fall of Nebuchadnezzar. Pride came before the fall of Pharaoh. Pharaoh thought nothing of Moses and Aaron. He thought nothing of the slaves that were working in his kingdom. He thought nothing of those people. This was a people that were claiming a supernatural God, but had been enslaved for more than 400 years. So for him, they were a non-issue. He was proud and he was brought down. He cried for his son, his firstborn, just like uh, his family, his other family, his whole kingdom, even to the animals, they all lost their firstborn. God will judge harshly. In his time, many centuries later, pride also came before the fall of Herod. Now, this Belshazzar was ruling fine, getting drunk, fine. When he dared to defile the vessels from the temple, God judged him. Of course, the army was already long surrounding the place. It was such a fortified city that Belshazzar saw no danger at all. In his drunken state, he failed to see the looming danger. And the inscription that was written was Mene Mene Tekel Ufarsen. And this is the interpretation that was given through Daniel. Mene meant God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. Though Belshazzar thought he was a powerful king, it was God who was in control. He could not hold his breath even for a second. With all the wealth, the fame, the vast kingdom, the time had come for him to go down. His kingdom was numbered. It had come to an end. That which he thought he had, he had not. Daniel chapter 2 verse 21 captures it nicely. He changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. So your enemy thinks that they are in control. But there is God that changes the times and the seasons. I don't know what your season is, child of God. But it is God that changes those seasons and the times. 
I don't know which king stands before you. I don't know which power source or which power stands before you. I don't know which force of darkness stands before you. But there is God that removes kings. The issue with evil people is that they think God has nothing to do with them since they don't believe in him. They forget that they are human beings created by the very God. The Bible reveals God who rules over kings. He hardened the heart of Pharaoh and he ended in the Red Sea with his horses and chariots. Now the punishment that God meets out on your enemies will come without them even realizing what's happening. Oblivious to the coming wrath, Belshazzar drank himself to a stupor. Heaven rules over all. Dekel, you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. Belshazzar was a king over a very powerful kingdom, one that had brought down many other kingdoms, consolidated power and ruled over a vast land. Yet he was not as powerful as he thought himself to be. He was weighed. He was found wanting. He was nothing. He had no power. He was not a warrior. He inherited a kingdom he did not fight for. He was even oblivious of the security breach happening around him. He was found wanting. Some of the enemies you face are not as powerful as you make them out to be child of God. Some are just in positions of power, not on merit, but because of favors and even underhand tactics. And they may mistreat you whilst they cannot stand before you head to head. I've experienced evil people that could not even stand their ground when challenged. They managed to do their evil when no one could challenge them. Weak and foolish people that thrive on the power of the office they occupy, but they are found wanting when weighed. Paris, your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. Daniel chapter 5, verse 25 to 28. Game over. It was done. He would not be king anymore. His kingdom was gone. It says in verse 30 to 31, that very night, Belshazzar, king of the Chaldeans, was slain, and Darius the Mede received the kingdom, being about 62 years old. The Bible says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age. These are forces of darkness that are even more dangerous because they are invisible. You do not see them attacking. You go to sleep and you wake up, you find trouble in your house. You do not see the forces coming against your marriage. You were happy and suddenly you are fighting for no good reason. A dark force has come in. You are happy and all of a sudden there is a woman or there is a man involved in your marriage. You did not see the dark force coming in. You were okay, doing well financially. You did not even see the financial trouble coming in. You were okay in your ministry, servant of God. And before you know it, people are gone. You don't even know what happened. Or you hear rumors. The enemy has come. A dark force has come in. The Bible tells us that whilst we sleep, the enemy plans his evil schemes. May the Lord bring out his scales and weigh your enemies. May they be found wanting. May the kingdoms that proudly bring suffering in your life be broken down and destroyed. May they never exist again. May their destruction come upon them suddenly. And may the Lord judge them harshly. May they be beaten as fine as dust before the wind. May your enemy never raise their ugly head ever again. They may come at you in one direction, but they shall flee in seven different directions. God rules in heaven and on earth. God puts kings on thrones and pulls them down. We have been given weapons and our weapons are not carnal, but they are mighty in God. Use them, child of God. Your enemy is not as powerful as you think he is. 
May the Lord bring him down. May the Lord bring the forces of darkness that have risen against you down. Even if you look at it and think it's just a sickness, it's just a disease, it is the enemy attacking. May the Lord bring him down. And may you stand your ground against him. He is nothing. God dealt with one king in one night. Everything was gone. He will weigh your enemies and they will be found wanting. You stand your ground in the word of God, believing in him, walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. Shalom. Thank you for listening to the Word Anchor Podcast. To get copies of my books, The Bride of Jesus, Dear Girl Child, Confessions of a Parent, Victorious Youth, and From the Pit to the Palace, go to Amazon.com. You can buy a hard copy or a Kindle edition. Remember to check out the show notes. Connect with me on social media platforms. Give feedback and continue to spread the word. Tune in for the next episode and make the Word of God your anchor.